When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Welcome to episode 76 of the Talking Fires podcast. Ben Fadden here today. I'm going to go over some pitching free agent options for the Padres a day before what seems like, you know, will we'll be the lockout. Um, and that's why you're seeing all these big deals, you know, take place uh, with teams, you know, going after big time free agents, some overpaying guys like the Rangers, it looks like with Corey Seager, you know, dropping $325 million on him, um, even though, the Rangers aren't in contention right now, but obviously that's a long-term deal. Same with Simeon, uh, middle infield solidified in Texas with that seven-year deal. Um, so big, big money being spent, uh, but big market teams haven't been spending. You know, the Yankees haven't done anything. Red Sox haven't done anything. Cubs not really done anything, or, although, you know, they're rebuilding. Um, the Padres, I know they're not a big market team, but They've spent like it the last few years. Uh, all they've done is clear some payroll, but they are in discussions with a couple relief pitchers, which we'll um, get to uh, when we discuss pitcher relief uh, free agent options. Uh, but so first, kind of wanted to start with a little bit of a free agent recap, free agency recap, kind of what's happening so far. Uh, a lot of action. I mean, Max Scherzer to the Mets, three years, $130 million. Uh, largest in average annual value in Major League Baseball history. Uh, so Scherzer gets that. Uh, the Mets have won the offseason so far. I know it's been like a month, but they've won it pretty much right now. Uh, bringing in Starling Marte to improve their outfield, improve their bench with Mark Canna, improve their infield uh, depth, you know, utility, uh, third base spot kind of with Eduardo Escobar. Uh, and Steve Cohen, richest owner in sports, he's not going to, stop spending. So I'd expect them to continue building. Uh, 
the Mariners, um, you know, a big trend is non-contending teams, you know, bringing in impact players. And that's really good for the league because you're not going to see a bunch of teams out of the playoff race. I mean, it was better last year, uh, but you're not going to see a bunch of teams out of the playoff race like you usually would uh, in a regular year. Um, so the Mariners bring in Robbie Ray, five-year deal. Kevin Gosman got a five-year deal from the Blue Jays. They still kind of have to replace a 7-1 player in Marcus Semyon, so that'll be difficult for them to do. Um, but I, I, would, I would think that they – I mean – they don't really have to do that because they have Bo Bichette at shortstop. They have Kevin Biggio uh, at second. They have Vlad Jr., you know, playing well, uh, you know, placing second in the MVP last year. So, the, Or maybe they'll just do it a smaller type move. Um, so that's kind of where those moves stand. Um, the big moves, the big move today, as today is November 30th, Tuesday. Um, so if you are seeing this, you know, late, Today was, you know, Javi Baez. Uh, he ended up, that's the big deal so far. He uh, signed with the Detroit Tigers on a six-year deal. So, again, another non-contending team, uh, bringing in an impact player. Um, a lot of strikeout, but, you know, he's, he can sell tickets. Um, they have, you know, they have a good young pitching core. They signed Eduardo Rodriguez, so they're trying to, you know, improve as well. Um, so it's good to see, you know, these teams trying to create more or the league trying to create more balance. Um, but it's unfortunate that all this spending, all this movement is happening because of what will be a lockout. You know, Bob Nightingale reported that like the players in league, the meeting was like for 30 minutes today. Uh, and so that's not good when there's all these things, rules, universal DH, no universal DH, run around second, uh, just payroll. There's going to be a salary floor. Are they going to raise luxury tax, lower it? Um, all that stuff, there's a lot of stuff to be talked about. And so the meeting only the last 30 minutes that kind of tells you, yeah, they're, they can't agree on anything right now. The egos are all up there and they're just going to uh, go to the lockout, uh, which should start December 1st. Um, so, and here on November 30th, we're getting there. But so that's kind of the Padres, you know, or Major League Baseball free agency so far. Again, the Padres only move as of this recording. Uh, dumping Adam Frazier's salary, because that's kind of what it was, $7.5 million to the Seattle Mariners for two prospects uh, that they got back, one outfielder who is in single A, and a reliever, Ray Kerr, who has some upside, a left-handed, hit, a left-handed reliever who could have some impact on the Padres next year, upper 90s, but control is like the main factor that uh, he needs to focus on. Uh, but so let's just start with the pitcher free agent options. Again, Starting pitchers will go to, relievers will go to. I have some film a little bit to show of one of the rumored signings or discussions that the Potters are having with one of the relievers. I'll show that. He's from Japan, um, and so not many people know about him, so I'll show some video on that. Um, but first, let's start off with the rotation options. Uh, some have gone off the board. The big names, obviously, those aren't realistic targets. The Kevin Gosmans who went to Toronto, the Robbie Rays, the Max Scherzers, those guys weren't targets for the Padres because they don't need frontline guys that cost a lot of money. Um, that's the good news. They have that new Darvish, Blake Snell, Mike Clevenger coming back from Tommy John, Joe Musgrove pitched really well. was the only guy that pitched the whole season in the Padres rotation. So hopefully, you know, fingers crossed that he can continue that again. Um, so they don't need front of the rotation help. It's more back of the rotation and depth uh, moves that you should probably expect the Padres to make. 
Um, so again, like a Marcus Stroman, he's he's like the best guy out back out there. Uh, Carlos Rodon, those are out of their market probably because there's no point in signing them um, because they simply need to spend that money in other places to build a complete roster. Um, but like Darvish, Snell, Clevenger, Musgrove, so that's the top of the rotation, you know, on paper going into spring training. That's a very good rotation on paper that arguably could be the best rotation in baseball. Um, and so, and that's what, but that's what we thought last year. And then look what happened. Uh, they had to sign Jake Arrieta and Vince Velasquez. So, and Jake Arrieta, um, you know, was playing, just took advantage of, took our money and went to go play golf, uh, even though he was hurt. So it, it just wasn't a great scenario. And totally the Padres, they, you know, learned from that, not acquiring anyone at the deadline. That really stunk as well, especially when, you know, Ken Rosenthal says that they're close to getting Scherzer and then he goes to the Dodgers, all that. So hopefully they learn from that. And now they, you know, build some depth uh, there because right now it's the same situation as last year, except you get a couple guys back, you know, from injury uh, with like the Nelson Lamets, the Mike Clevengers of the world. Um, but again, you don't want last year to play itself out again when you're really supposed to be contending for a World Series with, you know, Bob Melvin as the manager. So, and with the Dodgers probably taking a step back, losing Seager and Scherzer, uh, the Giants taking a step back. Obviously, you don't expect all the veterans to play that well again. They lose Buster Posey to retirement. Um, and Kevin Gosman obviously going to Toronto. He was their ace. So they still have an older roster. Um, so the Padres should take advantage of that. Uh, they need depth. You know, Chris Paddock, Ryan Weathers, Adrian Marhone, Denelson Lamette, maybe Matt Strong. Those are kind of depth options at the back four and five spot or five spots in the rotation. Um, and that's great and all. Uh, hopefully they stay healthy. And that may that might be all the Padres need. Uh, but signing depth options to one year type deals, it's not going to hurt. And you might want to do that. Uh, you probably won't see that now. Now is probably the bigger deals that are happening you might see the lower, the smaller deals like this happen uh, after lockout. Hopefully that doesn't take too long. You'll see those deals happen then uh, because this, the payroll numbers, the salary floor or whatever, the uh, luxury tax number, it'll be solidified and concrete. And so teams have a better idea of how much money they need to spend. You're seeing these bigger deals happen now because these players are going to be signed to these big deals, regardless of what the payroll numbers are. And you need big, big interest in the players on their side of things. They want the biggest deal. They want to know, you know, over the holidays, you know, what team they're going to be on and all that. So that's why you're seeing these bigger deals happen, but these smaller deals again, uh, before we get into the options, I think those are going to happen after lockout. And I have a few names. Um, Corey Kluber was one of those names that I had on my list, uh, but he signed with Tampa. That would have been a good addition. The Ruben Niebla uh, connection, he threw a no-hitter last year. He did have an injury, uh, but he went to Tampa Bay for one year for on a one-year deal, I think like $8 million, something like that. So and that's the range that I thought the Padres would have, could have paid, but obviously they didn't want to jump at that. Um, so he's out of the picture, but I think Michael Pineda is an option, age 32, a 3.62 ERA in 21 starts uh, in 2021. Pretty reliable, and that's what I like about him as a depth option. I think if you do sign him, he actually probably would be in the rotation or at least fight for a spot. But I think maybe he doesn't want to come here because it might he might not have a solidified spot here. And I think he's going to want that. I think he would get that in a team like Minnesota with the Twins. 
and the Twins are a team that he kind of he likes. They like him, I think. So he, you might see him end back there. But in terms of just an option, I mean, he's reliable. Uh, it could be a one-year deal, a two-year deal, short type thing. Uh, you know, 10 million AAV, you know, not huge. And he's reliable. Uh, he's made starts, start, start after start. Um, and he gives, he's going to give you some innings. Um, so I think that would have been a solid, that would be a solid option. Is it going to happen? Probably not, but just because he probably wants a solidified spot, but I think that's a good option. Zach Davies is another one, former Padre. Uh, he's only 28 years old. And yes, he doesn't have the firepower that a Mike Clevenger has or a Blake Snow when he's on. Um, but he does, like we saw in 2020, he can give you innings. Um, he can give you consistency and he throws strikes, right? Last year, the walks did get, you know, out. the walks were a little bit of a problem. I think he led the National League in, law, in walks with the Cubs. But I think that you, you got to hope that that's not, you know, that's not him. Uh, based on his production, his stats in past years, that isn't him. So I'm not too worried about that. But bad year in 2021 last year, but some of that might be contributed attributed to he's not on a good team. He wasn't on a good team in the Cubs, a rebuilding team. He went to the Cubs in that Darvish trade. Um, so I think some of that, you know, the, the bad defense, maybe errors that weren't counted errors and they were earned runs or guys just don't have speed in the outfield or whatever. Um, and then, so I think you could attribute to some of that to that, but at three, six, two, or excuse me, a five, seven, eight ERA is not good. Um, but again, kind of with the walks thing, you think that, uh, you know, Davies, that's just not him and that he would bounce back. And because of that bad year, maybe he, the Potters can take advantage of that and give him a less salary, you know, five to 10 million. That's, that should be a pretty good deal uh, if he wants to return to the Padres and contend. And I think that he, he would. Um, so I think that would be a good depth option. He's, I would assume that he's comfortable here. Um, and he pitched well in a Padre uniform. So he, he's a ground ball type pitcher. Padre's defense looks really good. You know, Jake at second out of, as, now, as of now. Uh, you got Machado and Tatis, obviously. That's a good infield defense. And I think uh, he enjoyed that in 2020. So I think Davies is an option. As a, You know, all these are one-year deals because you don't know what, what gore is going to happen. They, it's just depth options. You don't need these big splashes because they have – these big name guys, multiple years of control at the top of the rotation. So short-term deals, John Lester is another one. This one, I think the Padres really should pounce at uh, because he's not going to cost anything like at all. Um, and the Cardinals, he went, he was on the Cardinals last year after uh, he was traded before the deadline. They, he might not be a great fit uh, on the Cardinals anymore because Steven Matt signed there as a back of the rotation guy. So I think the Padres should take a look at Lester. I mean, he only made $2 million last year with the Nationals in that one-year deal before coming to St. Louis. That's nothing. Uh, and for a future Hall of Famer, in my eyes, uh, 37 years old, he's reliable. Uh, I, when looking at his baseball reference, I mean, it was kind of staggering. You know, guys that are this age, you think that, you know, they break down, injuries happen, whether that's the elbow, the arm, just – stamina wise, you know, less innings, uh, but that hasn't really been the case with Lester. Uh, and despite his consistently consistency, again, that payroll number, I mean, that payroll, you know, salary, $2 million is nothing. And for a depth option that can, you know, give Paddock a little bit of rest coming off that dead arm, uh, can move Lamette to the bullpen, maybe 
uh, if Lester continues to make start after start, I mean, this would be a great scenario, I think, for the Padres to jump at. Uh, in 2018, 32 starts. 2019, 31 starts. Jump 2020 because it wasn't a full season. 2021, 28 starts. For the last three full seasons, he's made at least 28 starts. That's huge, especially as we saw last year with the Padres. And, you know, their rotation went to cr- – it crumbled. You know, Musgrove's the only reliable guy there last year, which was unfortunate, but hopefully that doesn't happen this year. But having that Lester there in the back of that rotation as a depth option, uh, I think that would be really, really good for the Padres. So I would be all in on him. Um, Tyler Anderson is my last uh, kind of option. 31 starts in 2021 with Pittsburgh and then Seattle, a 1-2-4 whip, uh, walks and hits per innings pitched. Uh, 31 years of age, like Lester, he's a pure depth option. Pretty much all these options are a left-handed, you know, starter. So that would balance out a rotation, uh, at least a top half of the rotation that includes three of their four guys are righties and Darvish, Clevenger, Musgrove, Snell's a lefty. So that would kind of balance out that, give teams a different look. Um, and he would be a low salary as well. Again, all these are one-year deals. Uh, I, I'm not A.J. Preller, so I don't know where on the priority list starting pitching is. But, like, you can listen to the Jesse Agler interview on episode 72. Uh, you know, he said that starting – I asked him, what would your priorities be? And he said, pitching, pitching, pitching. You can never have enough pitching. And, you know, I agree. I don't agree that it's their top priority um, just because I think that on paper they do – you don't think that those injuries and all that stuff's going to happen for a second consecutive year. Um, so I think that starting rotation depth isn't a, their top priority, uh, but it still is important because we saw if you don't have a starting rotation for a full year like that and it's in crumbles, um, Vince Velasquez and Jake Arrieta are not going to help you get to the postseason. I'm sorry, they're just not. Uh, Pedro Avila had to start a game the last like weekend of the season. That's not, you can't have that happen. If you're trying to win the division, if you're trying to make it to the World Series. So uh, those are some depth options there. Um, relievers now we can move to the bullpen. The bullpen, I think, is a little bit more. It was probably higher on the priority list than the starting rotation because some of the bullpen options can go to the rotation if they need to on openers, whether that's Stammen, Lamette, Strom, guys like Pierce Johnson, Chris Matt, guys like that. So I think that. The bullpen's more of a foot would be more of a focus. And we've seen that with the Padres so far. Uh, it's been reported today, earlier today um, on Twitter. Now that it has not been confirmed that these deals have been signed as of this recording, that might change as you're seeing this. Uh, but they have had serious discussions with Luis Garcia, of the, who was on the Cardinals last year, and Robert Suarez. They both had uh, serious discussions with the Padres about signing deals. Um, Suarez is, I believe it was reported that he would be in the one year, $7 million range. And so that would, like I mentioned on the, uh, on Twitter and then repost on Instagram stories that this $7 million, this Ranger Suarez or this, excuse me, Robert Suarez deal would be, that's just where that would be the Adam Frazier money that they just freed up that they'd give to him as an option in the bullpen, um, Right now, before we get into those two guys, the current bullpen options, Emilio Pagan uh, you know, had a rough end of the season last year. I would expect that not to continue just because his fa- he was hitting his spots. The fastball looked good. He just didn't really know. So maybe that was just good, better hitters facing him. Um, and hopefully 
uh, he improves and uh, maybe he's a little more careful with the Dodgers because he got racked against them. So we'll see if hopefully that can improve. Drew Pomerantz uh, hasn't stayed healthy uh, in this new deal with the Padres. So forearm issues, stuff like that. So I think that you can't really rely on him, but kind of with the starting rotation type thing, two years in a row, you wouldn't think that would happen. So we'll see what happens there. Austin Adams uh, hit a bunch of guys last year, set records. That probably won't happen again. Hopefully he can refine his slider. Tim Hill, lefty. Uh, Nabil Chrismat was arguably the MVP, him and Stammen of the bullpen, uh, just coming in for the rotation as, uh, you know, filling in. Uh, just totally was like one of the MVPs of the team that no one's going to talk about, just keeping the rotation and the bullpen afloat there, uh, just providing innings. Uh, Pierce Johnson, like I mentioned, Matt Strom dealt with injuries last year. Uh, and then they have, you know, on the 40-man, Reese Kinnear, Javi Guerra, the former shortstop, Trey Wingender had injuries. Jose Castillo had injuries. James Norwood, Pedro Avila, and Adrian Martinez, who has been in El Paso, one of their top guys in El Paso. So that's the options right now. Uh, ideally, you know, so you're, you're going to have in the bullpen right now, it's Pagan, Pomerantz, Hills, Adams, Johnson, Chris Matt, maybe, and you'd think Strom, but who knows? And then you could include Lament in that maybe because so that's seven. I think adding a couple more because there's going to be injuries, obviously, and you don't want to just be relying on minor leaguers to fill in. So that's what the Potters are doing. Adding a couple guys is what it seems like if these discussions, you know, end up towards a deal. And that's what we'll assume here on this episode as of this recording. And so those two guys and I wouldn't really expect the Padres after these two guys to make any big moves in the bullpen because they have a bunch of guys already under contract. And these two guys are pretty good, uh, at least recently. Um, Their numbers, you know, Luis Garcia with the Cardinals last year, uh, I believe he's with Texas before. He had a 3-2-4 earned run average last year. Um, So that's good, uh, you know, in comparison to some of the guys in the bullpen, some of the guys, you know, so just being healthy, is a big, you want guys that can stay healthy and Luis Garcia at least showed that last year. Um, And then the other guy who I think, you know, so Luis Garcia would be a good option. Uh, I expect it to be a one-year deal, but who knows? So maybe a one and an option, who knows about that? I think that would be a good addition. I did want to focus though on uh, Robert Suarez. He's intriguing to me uh, because well, one, no one really knows about him. So I did want to kind of talk about who he was Uh, just to kind of inform people that didn't really know who he was. Uh, Robert Suarez, he had a 1.65 ERA last year in Japan. Pierce Johnson, if you remember, he came over from Japan uh, as well. So the Padres do have history doing that. And Pierce Johnson's had success with the Padres after doing that. So maybe this is another case of them, you know, going from Japan and doing, you know, having interest in one of those guys, bringing them over and they have success. Again, Japan is easier than the major leagues, obviously. Uh, because you know, the major leagues, that's the top of the top. You have the best players in Japan, you know, the Shoei Otani's coming over to America to play. Um, so Suarez wasn't facing the top competition. Uh, but with that said, I mean, you still got to look at the stuff that he has. And so I'll, I'll show you clips here in a second. Um, I mean, he has good stuff. I'm so sorry to the audio people. You can watch the episode on YouTube and see the clips that I'm showing uh, when I share my screen here. So. Ranger Suarez, I keep saying Ranger, Robert, he plays for the Phillies, I believe. Robert Suarez, uh, intriguing. He would be a good 
addition to this bullpen. Again, you want reliable reliability. You want depth. You want just more options because I, I mean, the bullpen, part of it was the rotation last year, but the bullpen got run down last year. Uh, and part of, yeah, like I mentioned, part of it was the filling of the innings, but another part of it was uh, maybe the, you know, Jay Stingler's usage of it. But also I think it was not a, not enough arms that they could rely on, you know, Tim Hill, they relied on him early. Stammen and Chris Matt, they relied on him the whole season. Mark Melanson, they relied on him the whole season. But like Pomerantz got hurt, Kella got hurt, Lamette obviously wasn't reliable all year. So there was a bunch of Austin Adams just hitting everyone last year. Strom dealt with injuries. Too many guys that they couldn't rely on. So they just need reliability. That's why they need this depth in the bullpen. And that's why I'd say that, you know, that's a higher priority than the starting rotation depth, in my opinion. Um, so like I mentioned, here is this uh, film, this quick uh, film here on YouTube from Robert Suarez. Again, he's from Japan. Um, and so here is the clip. So Robert Suarez, I think this was from a year ago, okay? So this is the clip uh, again. So that's that's good um, slider there. And then here's a fastball, upper 90s is the velocity, boom, right by him. So he's definitely, he's, he's showing, you know, command. Now that's not command there, obviously, but he's still fastball up in the zone, effective. That's what you want to see. And the Potters need velocity uh, out of this bullpen. Uh, so, okay, in, kind of hit his spot there, jammed him. So most of the time it looks like he's hitting his spots. The fastballs in the upper 90s, um, so he's being—he's definitely, uh, you know, consistent, um, and you want him to be reliable. And so, look, getting ground balls, jamming guys. Now, I get that this is highlights, um, but that's a little bit of uh, Robert Suarez for you. Looks—it would—he would look like a good addition again. Uh, one year, seven million is kind of what uh, reports are saying. That would be the Adam Frazier money. Um, so we'll see if that happens. Um, and that looks like he'd be a solid addition uh, to the Padres bullpen as another option. And hopefully someone that can be consistent and be a reliable option for Bob Melvin in his first year as Padres manager. So that's what the bullpen options the Padres have right now. Uh, some free agent options. Obviously, I'm, I made this list uh, prior to kind of this morning's reports. Uh, so if the Garcia and Suarez moves happen, Maybe none of these guys are signed, but still these because there's just too many guys already clogging up the bullpen. But we'll see uh, if any of these moves and where these players do end up. Brad Hand is the first option. Michael Lorenzo is on my list. He ended up going to the Angels. Uh, so he is uh, right next to Cal State Fullerton, uh, where he went to college. Uh, but Brad Hand, former Padre, played really well here. The slider is obviously his you know, bread and butter. When that doesn't work, uh, he might, he's not as effective as we saw last year with the Nationals and the Blue Jays, I believe, uh, before he went to the Mets, where, I, where he pitched well uh, with the Mets, had a 2.70 ERA to end the 2021 season with the Mets. He's gotten a bad rap recently, like I mentioned, with this, uh, you know, he just hasn't had the command. Um, but his overall numbers aren't terrible. ERA under four still in 2021, even though it seems like his value has gone down. Remember, the, the Indians, yes, they were slashing payroll, but they still 
he was the closer, I believe, going into last offseason, and they didn't even want to give him the $10 million, like club option or something like that. And so they let him uh, hit the free agent market. That's how they didn't want him. So the va- his value has gone down. Uh, but it would be a, it would be a good option. I think he accept the one year deal or with an option or something uh, within the ten million twelve million dollar range, kind of to rebuild his market or to just go to a contender. Um, so that's an option. Brad Boxberger was an option that I liked. He made one million dollars last year in Milwaukee, so I wouldn't expect him to have a, a huge um, increase in salary. Uh, so that would be a cheap move. Uh, he's gotten a bad rap recently. Or excuse me, no, he hasn't. That was Brad Hand, but Brad Broxburg, last two years, a 3.0 ERA and a 3.34 ERA. Uh, former Padre, 33 years old. Uh, he's last year in Milwaukee, he had the lowest whip at 1.067. That's the, his lowest whip that he's had since 2014. So he, it looks like he's trending up, and maybe the Padres could take advantage of that. Could be a Melanson 2.0, uh, you know, a veteran guy. Didn't really seem like he might be a closer coming in, but he could have a very, very successful season if the Padres go that route. Again, with the Luis, Luis Garcia and Robert Suarez signings, it seems less likely that any of these guys get signed just because those two guys, I didn't expect going into the offseason that they would make more than two or possibly, I guess, one more maybe um, addition to the bullpen. Um, so we'll see about that. Steve Kishak, it's another, you know, he's the, I kind of like him with the Tim Hill arm angle, but from the right side, so two different looks that way. Uh, he had a 3-4-2 ERA last year with the Angels. Uh, he looked like he'd be a cheap option. Tony Watson as well, 36 years old. So Kishak's 35, Watson 36. So the age is a factor, uh, but Watson 2-9-6 ERA last year with San Francisco, just four home runs allowed in 2021. So that would be welcoming to the Padres considering Pagan struggles and Austin Adams hitting a bunch of guys. Uh, so I think that that would be a welcome, you know, signing. Um, so again, hand Boxberger, Keyshack, Watson, those are the kind of four options that I had down before uh, these two, Luis Garcia and Robert uh, Suarez uh, reported discussions with the Padres came out. Um, so we'll keep an eye on that. We'll see the discussions that arise or if, We'll see if the Padres do engage with any of these guys, any other relievers. Uh, again, I don't expect them to spend a bunch of money in this department uh, just because there's a there's plenty of guys already filled in these spots. It was kind of the closer role and just more depth in the bullpen is what they needed, really, because you have Pagan, Pomerantz, Hill, Adams, Johnson, uh, kind of to fill Stammen, uh, to, to kind of fill, um, you know, the six inning on roles. Hopefully it's only seven inning on, you know, hopefully Darvish can bounce back and Snell can be consistent, uh, but we'll see about that. And Clevenger, obviously that's a big key to the Padres season. So we'll see about that, but power hitting outfielder, corner outfielder, DH, hopefully when the CBA lockout, all that stuff ends, those are probably going to be the bigger priorities over pitching, but these are options for you starting pitching wise, bullpen wise. Um, again, keep, uh, keep it up. Keep up uh, looking at the Instagram, Twitter, at Talking Friars for all the Potters updates that you need. Uh, this has been episode 76 of the Talking Friars podcast. Ben Fadden here. Thank you so much for listening um, or watching on YouTube, uh, listening on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts. And until next time, let's go Padres.